it's time. Roll for initiative. All right. So, what do you do? Hey, and welcome to Tabletop 101. I'm your host, Caleb, and with me is my co-host, Mike. Hey, what's up? Hey, today we're going to be talking about GM301. That's going to be our, continuing with our uh, Game Master series here, our GM series, and talking specifically our topic today as running one-on-one sessions. Uh, So, one person running, one person playing. Mm. That's what we're going to be covering today. So, Mike, let's start off by talking about what kinds of different types of one-on-one sessions there are yeah so there's there, there's actually quite a few and and quite a few more than you might imagine initially right so like you said there's your kind of traditional I, I like to say where you have one person playing as like the game master running the world the the adventure the story what whatnot and another player um who'll be playing as the sole adventurer the player character and in this kind of scenario they'd be playing as like the main character solo right um though alternatively you could also run it where both players are taking equal shares of game mastering and player charactering reach plays a player character and they each also contribute to the story and the direction of the narrative in the campaign so can we can we give an example of that i i'm not as familiar with that particular type uh, so can you give us an example relating, let's say, to the two of us. Let's say the two of us are doing this. Okay. Just so our, our yeah. listeners can kind of understand, get the better idea of that. So I'm going to name names here. Let's say we're playing a game called Twilight 2000. Um, without going into a ton of detail in terms of how the game plays out, at core of it, we are two soldiers behind enemy lines in this game. We're both playing our own soldier. Um, so we're... Both player characters are both role-playing with each other and interacting with the world. But there's also times throughout the game where we kind of step out of the role of the players and kind of ask each other, like, hey, what happens next, right? Like, we're like, what do we need to do here? We, we've got this truck and it's out of gas. Where do we go to get gas next, right? Well, I think maybe we need to make some kind of, like, a... And, uh, an orienteering test using this map here that we got to try to find out where we are in it and where the next gas station might be. Okay, well, the game says that this is the difficulty we would need to roll for that, and I, I think I'll roll it and I'll take your aid on it. Great, it's called difficulty 13, whatever, and then you would roll it. And then from there, we would kind of narrate the results kind of together back and forth, again, stepping in and out of those roles fluidly. So would you consider that what some have referred to as a GM-less game, maybe? Potentially, right? Because like, now I'm not too familiar. I'm not very familiar myself with GMless games, but you you might be able to kind of go ahead and, and consider that. I I personally wouldn't, because both players are the GMs in that case, right? But in terms of like there being a traditional power structure of like one GM to rule them all, and if if not having that's considered GMless, then I think you could get away calling that a GMless game. Cool. It sounds very interesting. I might have to try it sometime. Yeah, we'll have to do one one day. I, oh, I have absolutely. plenty. So, going aside from that, so we have our we have our one-on-one dynamic of one GM, one player. We have our dynamic of two players slash two GMs in this case. Yeah. What are some of the other types? Yeah, so 
Uh, I remember you were mentioning this earlier. There was the the variant where it's one player, one GM, but the player instead of playing like one main character, they're playing a team of characters, right? So that you have like a Final Fantasy tactic style game going on where maybe you you don't role play the characters. Maybe some of them are just like your backup combat characters, um, but a, a lot of a lot of newer players and a lot of veteran players alike think that as a player you can only play one character and that role-playing between two characters that you're playing is impossible and that my friend is called gming <laughs> yes it is <laughs> right i um, cannot tell you the number of times i've had to make a conversation for my players between two different npc characters uh and it's driven me mad yeah well see yeah, that's why I, I talk to myself all the time in the car you know it's it makes me a great gm and you know it's probably bad for my mental health in the long run but it's for the hobby and it also gets rid of hitchhikers very quickly it does i know right like i let them in and they let themselves out i don't even pull over or nothing anymore they're just out the window (laughs) (laughs) what so are there any other types that you can think of as far as like running one-on-one god if you're trying to to have me remember something i have forgotten um <laughs> i'm not i i'm just genuinely curious because i've i hit my limit uh so that's why i was curious if you if you knew anymore so with regards to that i think we have we have our three that we're going to basically talk about we're going to have that that gm player relationship yeah. we have the the dual player relationship and then we have that GM player, but the players play multiple PCs. Okay. Now, I think in the in the last example, I think probably there's less of an emphasis on role play because of the fact that they're they're role playing multiple characters. Well, I mean, I, th- I think potentially you, you, could, you could still role play. It's just you have to have a specific mindset coming in as the character. Um, and I guess I would like to propose one fourth one is yeah. and and people scoff at this normally, but a GM who has a GM PC. Like, I'm going to run Dungeons & Dragons with you. You're going to play Beazelbub the Wizard, and I'm going to play um, Veronica, the Barbarian? Veronica the Cleric. Oh, all right, that and works. she's an NPC, but she's also my, very obviously, my, my player character. But the game's about you. She is just an NPC that I am using as my own player character. But we agree on that ahead of time, and that's kind of the shtick. Yeah, I've seen games like that. I've actually run a game before where I had... Uh, per their request, they hired on three NPCs, and mm-hmm. I ran them as GM NPCs uh, alongside their character. And so they had a party of four, okay. but it was only one. They were controlling their one character, and that's it. I now I did the I did the thing where it made it a lot easier. I gave them all stats, and I let the player control all four during combat. Uh, made it easier on me for my job, but. I control the other three during role play situations, uh, okay. similar to the variant of the one player controlling multiple characters kind of thing. Yeah, but a little bit le- only during combat situations. And that's a nice. That's a nice trade off to be able to have like a a person who's only comfortable playing as one character be able to get their teeth into controlling multiple for a fight. Mm-hmm. I like it. Cool. Made it interesting as well because I made all of them very differing personalities and uh, made them bicker. Uh, so if the player asks for their advice, um, well, it's pretty obvious what each of them was going to do, and some were not helpful advice. <laughs> yeah. See, I just like the nice, easy route of I got the dwarf one, he's a drunk. I got the dwarf two, he's also a drunk. And then for variety, I've got the dwarf three, she is a drunk. Oh. I know, I'm getting creative here. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I resent the uh, I resent the implication that all dwarves are drunks. 
I'm just kidding. No, they that that's fine. <laughs> if, if you if you want to make all dwarves all dwarves no no just all drunks. all just those three happen to be. Oh okay, that's like, fine then. Yeah, that's fine. Um, okay. So we we've got we got a quick overview of what kind of different one on one RPGs uh, that, that kind of come to mind here, and you know please let us know if we've missed any in the comments down below. But um, what are some of the some of the advantages and benefits that we have of playing games like this? There's a couple of obvious ones I think that you can start us off with. So I think the biggest and most obvious one is uh, really a problematic thing when it comes to multiple players, but mm-hmm. this is the literal focus of it, and that's main character syndrome. Uh, in this particular case, you are the main character. The yeah. one player is the main character, and there's no such thing as main character syndrome because the game is revolving around their character. Right. Uh, we're playing with a group of four four players kind of thing. You know, if one person views themselves as the sole main character, that can be problematic for the other three players playing the game. Yeah. But in this particular thing, that's a major advantage of having that is you can, you can have that story that's fully focused on that. Maybe they're the 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 lost prince to a to an heir you yeah. know heir fortune now, type thing and stuff i now i'm going to sidetrack us for a second here because i was reading a new game earlier an oh old game kids on bikes right everyone makes their own character but the party makes a an additional character called the power character and then everyone plays that character so everyone makes the main character and they'll take turns playing that main character while playing their own character. And that main character is linked to all of them. Like maybe he's romantically interested in one of them um, or is brothers with the other one or uh, like hates someone else or is someone else's best friend or whatever. I uh, I can see that as a potential future game spotlight for the channel, I think. Uh, foreshadowing. Um <laughs> Well, without foreshadowing too much, let's talk about. Let's go back to talking about yes. some of the advantages and benefits. Yeah, um, I mean, uh, an easy one to get out of the way is like, what if it's just you and a buddy, and you got no one else to play with, right? Oh, absolutely. Or, or you you have a game night planned, and all but everyone bailed, you know, because of like some sports ball tournament or something. So it's just you and your bro. <laughs> I'm looking at you. Look, I'm sorry. All right. <laughs> I had something come up. Don't worry about it. That's but fine. anyway, yeah. no, I, it, it makes complete sense. You have that situation where it's, you know, you and just one other friend and you're like, hey, you know what? Let's run a story. Let's let's mm-hmm. play some Dungeons & Dragons or let's play some insert game here. Because yeah. I, could, I could set up a game with you right after the podcast and we can boom. play something tonight really quick. You well, know? I mean, we could. I feel like our sound guy would be very jealous of that situation, uh, just sitting there watching us play. Yeah. Um, but you know what? I don't think he's really protesting at the moment, so that's okay. So moving on from there, uh, I think one of the other massive benefits you can do is that there's no conflict in where the story goes. Yeah. It's up to that one player. That one player is able to drive the story. And at the same time, you don't have to, as a, as a GM, from that aspect, you don't have to split attention between players. Yeah. You don't have to have a situation where, you know, if you've got two players and they split up temporarily, you don't have to have one player sitting there twiddling their thumbs as you're running for the other. You're just ultra focused. Or in the case of the two players taking equal shares of GMing and player charactering, um, you have that balance of authority and power, 
right? You each get a say in terms of where you want the game to go. Because it always stinks when you 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 sign up for a game with someone and it, it doesn't go the way you want it to go. But when you're sharing the GM responsibility, you, you kind of have your, your, your hand on the shopping cart, so to speak, where you can kind of push and pull where you want it to go. But also being able to be surprised by the unexpected nature of having another GM stirring the pot for you. And I think with with all of the examples thus far of the running one-on-one i think it's it's more of an investment in the story because because of the fact that you're able to kind of drive that story you're able to kind of control that story and there's more investment to it than Mm -hmm. necessarily if you're in a large group of people yeah you know if three out of four players want to go explore this dungeon and the one player's like i really don't want to do this but i'm gonna go because i don't want to be left behind they're less invested in that situation. Whereas if it's running one-on-one and they're like, cool, there's a dungeon. I don't want to go in that dungeon. They just can turn and walk away and they don't go in there. And so they're invested in the story in terms of they're going to do what they want to do with the story. And so you're able to get a more realistic scenario where like, man, why are all four of these people always hanging out together? Right. Sometimes people want to go their own ways and kind of playing off that you can take the story as far or as not far as you and the other player is comfortable with like for example there are some subject matters that people are uncomfortable with mm-hmm. um like explicit content the graphic content that if you're playing with a group of like five or six people realistically if one person at the table is not comfortable with it you shouldn't do it Correct. But it's a lot easier to kind of tone in that, well, what are you comfortable playing with? Like, are, are you okay playing like a very explicit game with like adult themes in it? Game of Thrones stuff, well, however you interpret that, right? And if the other player is cool with it, you can explore that kind of story and narrative without having to find four or five other people who are like, have to buy into it as well. You can also explore stories and storylines and situations that maybe other players won't find as interesting. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's a situation where you and one friend are really, really into Farmville and you're going to, you're going to role play Farmville in this X game, whatever that game is, that's going to allow you to do that. And now you can role play life on a farm in a tabletop game. And maybe there's not other people who are interested in that, but you and one friend are really interested in that and you Mm want to do that. You know, now you can, and that's a major advantage because of the fact that you're getting to tell the story and you're getting to interact with and run the storylines that you want to run. Right. Because exactly right. Because it's nothing is more awkward than watching two of your buddies make Cabbage Patch Kids together. Right. And I can think of a lot more things awkward, but yeah, we'll go with that. (laughs) (laughs) But like when... (laughs) Like so, some some games when there's a lot of like one on one stuff, and then the rest of the players would normally have to watch in like a multiplayer game with like four plus people. Sometimes it can suck having to watch while you have that that GM and player spotlight moment, but you can turn that into an entire separate game. Um, but also for the GM side, it sucks when like I get a game I really want to play, and then trying to find five or six people to play that game with me, and being like, "Come on, guys, I really want to play this game about intelligent rabbits." Um, why don't you guys want to play this with me? But if you could find that one friend that wants to play the Intelligent Bunny game with you, you can sit down and you can play that stupid game with someone. I'll play that Intelligent Bunny game with you. Thanks. It's called... Uh, Just not the teen anime girl mech thing. That looks odd. I'm going to pass on that one. 
tenor bunch of zeros not a teen anime girl mech game it's a stage play i know thank you I, I apologize so we've talked about some of the benefits and some of the advantages of running that one-on-one what are some of the unique challenges in your opinion on running those yeah so unique challenges um and this there's there's a lot of things that kind of double up from your your, your standard role-playing situations that do carry over to one-on-ones but i i feel like it's probably not as challenging as a lot of people would think it would be because there's a lot of like well what if there's a communication error i find having a one-on-one conversation is a lot easier than having like a one-on-one conversation with three other people in the room so uh, like uh, i i view it as like there, there's a lot of the same challenges but you're given a lot more intimacy to be able to solve those problems before they would normally become problems and for the record for those listening uh the one-on-one with is a lot easier than one-on-one with three other people in the room yeah. is the reason why we do not film in front of a live studio audience. That's the only reason. Continue. I thought it was because we were ugly. That too. Okay, so there's two reasons. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. Well, right, what, what Three are... reasons. Frank is shy. I apologize. All right. Frank's in shy. You've gagged him. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't know how to reply to this. <laughs> Good. Um, so legitimately, though, what? because I'm blanking right now, what, what are some unique challenges that come to mind for you for, for running a one-on-one style game? So in my personal opinion, the biggest unique challenge that hits me as far as I, from the GM side, okay. and because I don't have as much experience with the two-player, two-GM situation, gotcha. uh, I'm not going to be specifically referring to that one, but I'll okay. be referring to I'll the I'll loop others. back around that. I got someone for that. So... With the other ones from a GM side, uh, you are catering the story to one specific player. So it's okay. a unique challenge of setting up the story to almost revolve around that one player versus revolving around either a group or having it so a, a group is able to solve the issue. Right. Like, in, like oh, man, there's this, this goblin cave. is much harder for one lone adventurer to go clear out. Correct. Uh, the other situation is, honestly, in my opinion, because of the fact that you're doing a lot more for one player and there's no uh there's no situations where they are taking their sweet time with things necessarily mm-hmm. they're able to run through plot a lot faster because there's not as they're much moving decision quicker. things so and you're like having that. to prep more you're having to move a little bit quicker with it and stuff like that i think that's mm-hmm. a unique challenge to running that one-on-one that sometimes you're not always prepared for i would do s- it i would say like don't prep more be ready to improvise more because that one player could, could take the game in all kinds of different angles and playing on that improvisation let's let's look back at the the two players that double as equal shares of, yeah. as, as gm but i swear there's a term for it and i'll remember by the end of the episode and feel like a dummy but when you're when you're playing with another player and you're sharing that gm responsibility with them a uni- unique challenge could be i guess being in sync with them like, nothing would suck more than, like, imagine if, if you and I go play um, uh, this 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 uh, Twilight 2000 game together, right? And say if I keep coming up with stupid stuff, um, like, whenever it's all like, okay, cool, so we go out into the woods and I'm like, yeah, and what if there's, uh, what Aliens. if there's a, well, there's an alien out there or something. Now, 
again, you can have that conversation to kind of rein in and be like, well, no, that's kind of getting off key a little bit. Or no, you're, you're kind of turning this into a meme. You're, you're, put, you're getting a little silly and goofy with it. So I guess the challenge is just making sure that you're able to actually stay in sync with that expectation. Mm-hmm. Um, otherwise, you're just kind of like overwriting each other, right? Where like you introduce Agreed. something that is super left field and then they come out of right field and like it's just super disjointed. But I found if you find the right people for it, you can really push to something extraordinary. So I think one of the other challenges I want to mention really quick is as a player, the unique challenge, the focus is on you. Yes. And when you're in a group of three or four players kind of thing, or even more, you're not always used to that spotlight being on you at all times. Mm-hmm. Because of that, you're able to kind of take breaks here or there, you know, um, kind of lean back away from the spotlight, kind of yeah. take like a more backseat thing while somebody else is in the spotlight but you're, you're a little bit. you're going but with this, the entire you're time. always in the spotlight. So I think one of the things I would recommend for anybody running these one-on-one things is don't be afraid to take breaks often because reasonably, like, it's both both the people are in the spotlight, they're in the action all the time and it's not always what everybody's used to yeah um so i think that's a unique challenge is trying to break that up so it's not like constant okay i'm running at 110 the entire time yeah well because yeah, it's it's taking breaks is always good when playing any kind of role-playing game but specifically when it's like just you and one other, one other person it's super easy to lose track of time i can't even tell you how many times i've run games on like uh zoom or discord that have started like eight o'clock and have gone like way past midnight and like we sometimes you need to send those scheduling boundaries with like hey every hour on the hour we need to we need to stop and like have a bit of a breather you know because again with like if you get really into imp- improvising you you can keep running literally until you burn out and pass out that's just dangerous don't do that agreed 100 percent. and to kind of sum up what we've talked about here in this session um is we there are a couple different types of one-on-one games, such as a one game master and one player, uh, two players slash game masters, and then the situation of one game master, one player, but where the player is controlling multiple characters, or the game masters has GM NPCs. Mm-hmm. Uh, each one has their own unique advantages and benefits, and even their unique challenges, uh, such as. Yeah. So, like looking at the at the advantages and benefits like scheduling is so much easier with one other player uh being able to play the kind of like like game system tell the kind of story and explore the kind of content that you want to is it's easier to fine-tune that with one other person instead of trying to compromise with like five or six or god i don't know ten other people you know so you, you just have a lot more wiggle room and control with that and then as far as those challenges, we have the situation of maybe having to improvise more or even prepare more. Uh, those situations where as a player, you are the sole decision maker and the spotlight is on you. And the in, sometimes those abilities to have to take breaks to kind of uh, wind back from doing too much because we're not always just used to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that concludes our GM 301 series. Uh, this actually is the last episode of season one. We will be coming back in season two uh, once we announce that. But uh, thank you so much for enjoying season one. We we hope you really enjoy the podcast, and we hope you're uh, going to be back for us with season two. We got some cool new things we're going to be doing in season two, and uh, 
I think you guys will really like it. Yeah, it's been a blast, and uh, pretty excited to start uh, to start working on the, the secrets and surprises we have in store. But until next time, bye. Bye. <laughs>